0: Turn with me, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. God is so good. He's so good. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak today on, on three types of people, and every everyone in this room is going to fit into one of these types of people. Now, maybe you're, you're living in this world, and you're saying, I don't know where I fit. Well, I'm going to fit you in somewhere today, one of three types of people. I promise you, you'll fit in one of these three. For many Christians, they're they're saved, but they're not maturing. They're not growing. And, and every single Christian should be moving from baby Christian to spiritual giant. Wouldn't you agree with that? How many of you want to be a spiritual giant today? Somebody that walks with God, that knows God. I read in the Old Testament, I'm I'm reading through, uh, the chronological Bible here this year, and I'm loving as I'm reading through and I'm coming across men and women that we would consider spiritual giants that walked with God, that, that knew God, that sensed the power of God, and their life meant something for the kingdom of God. And that's my, that's my desire. I want to be a growing, a growing Christian. Michelle and I were away. And um, we were in San Antonio and they've got this beautiful river walk. And and so we went down the first night we were there. We said, let's go get a bite to eat. So we went down to the river walk and we had no idea where we were. But thank goodness there was a map. So we went over to this map. It was this huge map that had the entire downtown and, and, and the Riverwalk area. And so we're looking at this map and I, and, and, I'm a little bit confused and I'm looking at it. And then I, you know, when you're looking at it, you do one of these and you do one of that. And there was the same thing on the other side. So I said, I'll look on the other side. So here Michelle and I are looking at this map and there was a problem. The problem wasn't that there was not a map. The problem was we had no idea where we were on that map. And Michelle said, look for the little red dot. And somebody went and took that little red dot and all the visitors, they were probably laughing because all the visitors, there were like, where am I? And that's how many a times, if we're not careful, we'll do life. It, we just don't know where we're at. And if you don't know where you're at, how are you going to get to where you need to go? And God never puts you here to just aimlessly walk through life looking forward to death. No, God puts you here for a purpose. He puts you here for a plan. He placed you here so that your life would count for the kingdom of God. And that's what we ought to be growing toward. And so look with me in chapter number two of 1 Corinthians. Look with me in verse number 14. Would you start there with me? The Bible says it is, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. I want you to mark down some place in your notes. Would you write this down? First of all, is the natural man. Paul is going to speak of the natural man. He said this in verse number 15, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The spiritual man has the mind of Christ. So would you write this down? Number two, there's a a natural man. Number two, the Bible here is showing us there's a spiritual man. You say, I thought you said there was three. Let's look to chapter number three. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. There's three, there's three groups of people here today. Number one, there's the natural man. Number two, there's the spiritual man. And number three, there's the carnal man. Today, everyone falls into one of these three categories. And let's see if we can find out where you are. Let's see what the Bible has to say about where you are. And then let's determine that we're going to go from where we are to where God desires for us to be. Because we ought to be growing Christians, moving, moving always closer to Jesus Christ. And so let's look first at this today. I want you to see this. With the natural man, growth is impossible. Number one, let's look at the natural man. But the problem with the natural man Growth is impossible. Spiritual growth is impossible with the natural man. You see, the natural man has no spiritual life. Paul refers to him as the natural man. He's born into this world, but he has no spiritual life. Go with me, if you would please, the Ephesians, just a few pages over. The book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number two, Paul is writing that the church of Ephesus And Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter number two and verse number three, among whom also we are all had our conversations in time past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. The natural man is by nature the children of wrath. The natural man is a sinner. He's born a sinner. He's a child of, of wrath. Jude talks about this. I'll go there quickly. Jude chapter one, verse number 19. Um, it says this, these be, by, uh, these be they who separate themselves sensual having not the spirit. Jude refers to the natural man as essential man, or this, of the flesh. A natural man serves his flesh, lives by his own understanding, serves his spirit. There's no spirit inside of him. There's no spirit of God directing him. There's no spirit of God dwelling inside of him. He was born once into this world, but he was not born again by the spirit. He's natural. A natural man does not know God, A natural man doesn't have God's Holy Spirit because the natural man has only been born once. That's born only into this natural world. Jesus spoke of this. To Nicodemus, you must be born again. And, and, and Nicodemus, being a natural man at the time, didn't understand, how can I be born again? Am I gonna go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, 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 you're not understanding what I'm saying. Everyone is born natural. But to be born again is to be born by the Spirit. To trust Christ as your Savior. So a natural man cannot grow. A natural man... It's impossible for him to be spiritual. He cannot grow. First of all, is because he has no spiritual activation. The spirit of God does not dwell inside of him. He does not have the Holy Spirit growing him. You know, sometimes, church, we get so frustrated when we deal with unsaved people. But I want you to be, I want to remind you, an unsaved person, a natural man, doesn't have the Spirit of God leading him. I get more upset and more frustrated with saved people that act like a natural man than a natural man acting like a natural man. Because a saved person doesn't have, has no excuse. If you are a child of God, if you are born again, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us. God, the Holy Spirit is in me. He's leading my mind. He's leading my emotions. He's leading my will. And I go out into this world and I'm activated by the Spirit of God, but the natural man is not activated by the Spirit of God. I see this as well. The natural man is not only activated by the spirit, not activated by the spirit of God, he can't grow because he has no spiritual appreciation. Look with me in verse number 14 of this chapter, second, or I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. Paul is speaking of the natural man. He says this, the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. That word receiveth, in, 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 in the Greek, it means this, to welcome, receiveth, or to welcome. He does not welcome spiritual things or he doesn't appreciate spiritual things. He doesn't see the need for spiritual things. We were, we were in San Antonio and they've got one of these big towers. It's, it's, it's like, um, you know, 500,000 feet in the air. And, um, I found out there was a restaurant on the top of this, this big tower. And, um, and so I said to Michelle, let's let one night, we didn't have anything to do. I said, let's, let me see if I can make reservations. Let's go on the top of this tower. And we went on the top of this tower and, and I'm afraid of heights. And so the last thing you should be doing is take an elevator ride. I, I get in this elevator because it's so high and they think it, some, somebody with a very bad sense of humor, the elevator ride, it is like on the outside of this tower. So once you start moving after the first floor, you see your whole way up. And I'm like, and then by the time the ride was done, I'm looking against the wall. Michelle's like, you know, leaning over the glass, looking all the way up. So we get up to this restaurant and the thing turns. And so we sit down and the whole restaurant's turning as. You, so I'm sick from going up. I'm sick now. It's like an amusement ride. I just want to eat, darling. And we're looking out and we're seeing all of the city and one of the kids call and and Michelle's showing them, you know, the city. Oh, this is cool. And I said to him, I said, wouldn't it be great to bring our kids here? And, And Michelle said this, I don't know. I don't think they would appreciate this. And I thought to myself, I'm not appreciating this right now, but all right, yeah, I don't think the kids would. You're right, babe. These immature kids. What she was saying is this, they're not mature enough. They give them a hot dog and Chuck E. Cheese, but something like that, they probably wouldn't appreciate. You see, the natural man doesn't appreciate or he doesn't welcome spiritual things. Spiritual things are foolish to him. Look with me, just probably on the other side of the page in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter one, verse number 18, the Bible says this, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, what, foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. Oh, listen to me today. We today are preaching the word of God. We have come today to worship the Lord. We lift up our voices in praise. We know what Jesus Christ has done. If you are a child of God today, when we worship the Lord, when we preach, we amen, we, we enjoy the word of God. But there's some that would say, what are you doing? You're making a fool out of yourself." You mean to tell me you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? You believe that there's a God? You're living your life for the Lord? You're going to church on Sunday? They look at what a child of God does and they say it's foolish. Why? Because they have no appreciation for God because they're foolish. They don't understand it. You see, there's no activation. There's no appreciation also, I see this in verse number 14. The Bible shows us this. They, don't, they, can't, they can't spiritually grow because thirdly, there's no spiritual appropriation. The Bible says this in verse number 14. Look, by the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. They can't know them. Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Go with me to John. If you go over there quickly with me, John chapter 8, verse number 47. I want to show you what Jesus said about this. John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking, and he says this, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. A a natural man doesn't understand. They don't know them. And Jesus is confirming that. In John 3, 3, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, and he says this, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In order for you to have heaven, you've got to be born again. And you know what's interesting? Jesus, uh, or just because someone doesn't see it or understand what God is doing, it doesn't mean that God isn't working. You see, I believe this, that God is working in this world. The Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. A natural man looks at the things of this world. The natural man looks at the condition of this world. The natural man doesn't understand and doesn't believe that there's a God. But we that are a child of God realize this, that even though a natural man may not see it, God is still working. He's working. It's all coming together for his good. Look with me in verse number one, chapter two. We're still in chapter two of 1 Corinthians. You with me this morning? And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. What is Paul saying? I didn't come to you to show you how good I am. I didn't come to you so that you were impressed with my speech or how I delivered it. He just simply said, I just come to you with the truth. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of prayer. Now, why was Paul trembling in fear and weakness? Did he did he come there because he was afraid of man? No, Paul came there because he understood this. The message of the word of God is from God. And it's to be respected. He wasn't afraid of man. He realized this, I am speaking the word of God, I'm speaking the truth of God. I'm speaking what the spirit of God is giving me to share. He said this in verse five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul was so wise. Paul was one of the the wisest, most most intelligent Christians. I mean, his upbringing, his understanding of scripture was, was above anyone else. When you you read of Paul, his pedigree, he was was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Paul was, was a doctor. He understood Scripture. But he was afraid that his own wisdom would distract them from what God had for them. Look with me in verse number six of the same chapter. The Bible says this, Paul is writing, "'Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect.'" Yet not the wisdom of the world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. The princes of the world, he says, those, the, the natural man, the 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 politicians, the 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 scientists, and, and those that are wise with natural wisdom. Aren't you, aren't you sometimes so unimpressed with those that are so impressed with themselves? And Paul says, I'm, I'm not coming to you as those that are so impressed with their own wisdom. Paul is speaking the princes of the world, those that are natural, natural men. Look, look with me in chapter one, verse number 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the, this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Paul puts it all in right perspective. He says, where are those that are so wise? Where are those that think they have it all together? I love over the last 22 or 23 months, aren't you so glad that all of the scientists and that all of the politicians and that all the world leaders have it all together? How many of you have realized this? They have no idea what they're talking about. They don't have a clue why, because they're depending on their own wisdom. We have come to a place in society where man says, I don't need God because I am wise. And God laughs at man. Go ahead. Go ahead. You think you can do this without me? Go ahead. Man says one thing today because he thinks it's the right thing, only to find out tomorrow he was so wrong yesterday. It's this vicious cycle. Paul is speaking of this, he's writing this. Where is the wisdom of this world? Where is uh uh, where has it gotten us? What do you think about the natural man trying to tell us how to how to how to live moral lives? Where has it gotten us? I read a news article this past week of a parent that's suing their school district because their 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 elementary age child now twice has tried to commit suicide because that child was going, there was a teacher in that school that was trying to help that child out without their parents' consent, without God's consent, without the word of God's consent, but helping that young child figure out, is he a he, is he a she, or is he a they? and this small little child is just so confused and this parent finally figuring out what is going on as this child's life is in turmoil the wisdom of this world where has it gotten us tell tell me today where has it gotten the family unit where has it gotten us When the world says we don't need a mom and we don't need a dad to raise a child, we can have two moms, two dads. We can have one mom. We can have one dad. Do it however you choose to do it. Anything but God's way in the world has totally, totally bypassed God's plan for the home. Where has it gotten us, church? I was watching a news article and they said in the major cities today, crime is out of control. Police officers are being shot. Criminals are out of control. The major cities in our nation today are unsafe. Where's it gotten us? Oh, I know what we'll do, we'll reform this. I know what we'll do. We'll put our wisdom in this. I know what we'll do. We'll put our minds together and figure this out. I want to ask you today, the natural man has put their minds together. Where has it gotten us? Destruction. It's foolish. They mock God. Are we making progress of man's wisdom? The answer would be no. Look at look, look what... what the answer is, look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Paul says this is the answer. It's the wisdom of God. Not the princes of this world, not the wisdom of this world, not the, not the men that think they have all the answers, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Where is wisdom found? Wisdom is found in God. He goes on to write this: But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. The natural man is void of the spirit. He can't see these things, he can't hear these things, he doesn't understand what God is doing. Oh, look what the Bible says, but God, in verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by what? His spirit. The natural man doesn't have the spirit of God. God has revealed to what? The spiritual man by his spirit, for the spirit Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. You don't need to know about God. We need to know God man takes god and puts god in a category that he wants uh, uh, god to be in listen to me we didn't come here to know of god we came here today to know god we came here to know him i don't i don't want to just know that michelle rands exists i want to know michelle rands i want to spend time with her I want to know how she thinks. I want to know what she feels. I want to be able to touch her. I want, I want to be in her presence. Oh, Christian, the same ought to be. For a child of God, do we want to know him or just know of him? So I see this, Paul is speaking of the natural man. The natural man, there's no way for him to know God because the spirit doesn't dwell inside of him. Let me skip to the third one and this will be our second one. That's pretty confusing, isn't it? The carnal man. Paul speaks of the carnal man in chapter three. The the carnal man, this is a man, his growth is impaired. He, he, He knows God. The carnal man is a saved man. He's been born again, but his growth is impaired. Now, I believe this is where many Christians, I dare say I would believe that the majority of Christians are today. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, one of the greatest pulpiteers, one of the greatest preachers to ever lived, would preach to 10,000 people every Sunday in the Spurgeon Tabernacle, the great metropolitan tabernacle in London, England. And he would say this of his congregation. I believe that every time I get up to speak, over 50% of those that I speak to in my church are lost. I don't know if that's true. I would say this, many of us are carnal. We're carnal. 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse one, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto the babes in Christ. Paul said that there's things I wanted to give you. I wanted to talk to you about spiritual things, but I can't. So my son, we, we are talking, he's, he's getting married and we're talking about, you know, mature things. We're talking about, you know, kids and, and, and families and all of those things that, that could be coming. And so we're talking about those things and I've got an 11-year-old daughter that thinks boys are, ooh. ew. I'll tell you this, the conversations I can have with a 21-year-old son are very different than the conversations I can have with an 11-year-old girl. Why? Because she's got growing to do. And Paul says this, there's things I want to talk to you about. There's spiritual things, church, that I want to give you, child of God. There's areas that we need to be growing, but I can't even talk to you about these things because you're not growing, you're carnal. There's no interest. You'll choke. He says this in verse number two, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are, were, are you able. He says, I've started off with milk. And that's the way you start with every baby. But but you've stayed on milk. You won't get off milk. There's more that you need. I want to give you mil- meat, but you're not able to take it. Why? For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you you not carnal and walk as men? He's saying this, number one, you're carnal. Your growth is impaired. Why? Because you stopped developing. You stopped developing. You stopped. You, 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 You grew to a place to where you were born again, but then you just stopped. You're still a baby. You didn't grow up. He says, well, how do you know that? Because you, there's still divisions. You're envying and strife and divisions. You're carnally, he says, the things that you got to get over, you're not over. Now, Monica, if we were to take all of our church into the preschool, the three and four-year-old class, we would probably see a lot of divisions, wouldn't we? That's my toy. That's mine. Life is about a three-year-old and a four-year-old. What Paul is saying, that's not the issue. The issue is if you go into the 12th grade class and they're behaving the same way. There's divisions, there's fighting, there's envying, there's there's nonsense, he's saying. Why? Because you stopped developing. You're still a baby. These men choose not to grow. I want you to understand something, Christian. Being carnal is a choice that you make. It's not a condition that you have. No, natural man. A natural man can't grow. He can only grow once he's saved. Now that he's saved, he's got a choice. Am I going to be a a spiritual man walking with God or am I going to choose to be carnal? If you're carnal here today, it's a choice that you're making. You stopped growing milk but no meat. Many in our churches today are filled with carnal Christians across this land. You say, I don't I don't believe that. Look what offends them. Look what offends them. Number two, not only is there stop development, there's a poor diet. Paul says, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Listen to me, I thought for a period of time that a good diet, Darwin, was cookies and ice cream. I thought that was a very tasty diet. And throw in a chocolate bar and a a, a fudge round. You know, a double-decker fudge round. Little Debbie knows what she's doing. poor diet. My wife came to me not long ago and she said, you've got a poor diet. She said, you're drinking a diet Coke and a little Debbie and you think, you wonder why, you wonder why you're tired all the time. You wonder why you're moody. And I thought, me moody? <laughs> Dr. Pepper and little Debbie in my mouth makes you moody, I think. She said this, she said, your dad died at 55. And you're, you know, you're less than a decade away from that. What are you doing? I said, well, what do you want me to do? She said, change your diet. Change your diet. Oh, listen to me today, we're limited on what we eat. You, You cannot be a spiritual Christian if your diet is Sunday morning church even once in a while. You, you're, you can't be. I, I can't feed you all you need spiritually once a week. It's so interesting. I have some that say, preacher, you preach too long. I have some that say, you don't preach long enough. I'm thinking, what in the world? Three stages of Christian growth. Listen, this is where you ought to be. Number one, you you, someone feeds you. This is the this is the way it ought to be. Every single person born, whether born into this world or born again, you come to a place where someone feeds you. I saw the filler's baby. They brought their baby in this week, and I saw that little, cute little baby. And you know what? That baby has yet to get up out out of its car seat, walk over to the refrigerator, get a piece of that they had the night before and just start gnawing on it. You know what that baby has to have? Mama feeding her. She has to. But in five or six years, if Josh brings that baby, carrying that baby by himself, five years old, carrying it in with a bottle in her mouth, you know what I'm going to think? There's a problem. Everyone starts with someone feeding you, but this is what growth ought to look like. You begin to feed yourself. Get in the word. Get in the word. If you're not in the word, you're depending on someone else to feed you, and that's why you're carnal. Get in the word. Start feeding. Start enjoying what God has for you. And then the third step is this, when you start feeding others. And this is where many of us stop. Oh, I, I, I'm past the, past the, the, the milk. I, I'm on my own. But when are you going to start feeding others? Jesus said, go and make disciples. Oh, we love to go be soul winners, and we should be. But there's a second part to that great commission, and that's those that we give the gospel to. We now take them along, and we feed them. For what reason? So they can start feeding themselves, so they can start feeding someone else. Aren't you so glad that there was a time in your life where someone fed you? Then it's time to feed someone else. I think this, we get so wanting things to be so our way because we get to the place where everything is about us. And let's start looking at feeding, feeding others. You say, what do you mean by that? You need a ministry. Could you imagine if all of the church had a ministry, had something that you were doing where you were feeding other people? where you are taking the word of God, what God was giving you and you were giving it to someone else. Listen to me, there is more work to do. There's so much more work to do. And then thirdly, why, why are they carnal? Was because of repeated divisions. There's carnal Christians, and they choose not to grow because they stopped developing. They had a poor diet, and then they repeated divisions. Look with me in verse 3. For ye are, not, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. He said, what's going on? Why is this, why is this around? What is, what is happening? How can Christ be the focus? And you've got all these divisions. I heard one say this, if your focus was on heaven, you wouldn't be so concerned with the things that are happening down here. The problem is our eyes are down here and not on heaven. We get so focused on the wrong things, don't we? What upset you this week? What upset you this week? What'd you get upset about this? How many of you were upset about something this week? Raise your hand, don't lie. I mean, something upset you, both hands, huh? Yeah. Something upset you this week. Was it this, that men are dying without Christ and spending eternity in hell? Or did somebody cut you off? Did your food not come out right? Did someone not give you what that you think is due? Did someone not do it your way? coronality causes divisions in the churches. It's amazing what upsets Christians in churches today. It's amazing. Listen to me, we need to stop putting pacifiers in the mouths of church people and we need to start enlisting them in the army of God. Let me say that again. We need to stop putting pacifiers in the mouths of church people and we need to start enlisting them in the army of God. Get a ministry. Do something for God. This world is dying without Christ. How many of you believe that Jesus is coming again? I do. Then let's determine that we're going to grow up and be mature and say, I'm not going to let the things of this world stop me. I'm not going to let my mind be uh, carnal. Many Christians just simply need to decide, I'm going to grow so that god can receive glory. And then thirdly, our third person, which is our second person, is the spiritual man. And the spiritual man is empowered. He's empowered. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 11 for what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of god knoweth no man but the spirit of god now we have received aren't you so glad if you have if you have trusted jesus christ as your savior you have received something you know what it is the spirit of god not the spirit of the world but the Spirit, which is of God. When you were born again, you didn't get worldly wisdom. You got God dwelling inside of you. Oh, listen to me today. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, God's Spirit lives inside of you. Aren't you thankful for that? You can discern spiritual things because the Spirit lives inside of you. You can have a spiritual appetite because the Spirit lives inside of you. You can walk with God. You can behave like Christ. You can have the mind of Christ because the spirit lives inside of you. Aren't you thankful for that? I can be the husband that God wants me to be because the spirit lives inside of me. I can be the father that I need to be because the spirit lives inside of me. I can be the pastor that God has called me to be because the spirit lives inside of me. And I, when I don't activate the spirit, when I don't live in the spirit, I just get frustrated. How many of you have ever been frustrated? Yeah, I have. But the spirit lives inside. He empowers me. Chapter number uh, uh, two, verse 12. Now you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Does that not excite you that you can know the things freely? God freely gives these things to us. Do you want them? Born again, you've received the spirit. And this is what a spiritual man does. A spiritual man lives by the spirit. And so I wanna ask you this question, Are are you a natural man today? If you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior today, if you were to look at the roadmap of your life, you would see a red dot that says natural man, you've never trusted Christ. For your next step should be to trust Christ as your savior, have the spirit of God dwell inside of you and move from a natural man to a spiritual man. If you're looking at the roadmap of life and you see that red dot on carnal, then you need to look to move from carnal man to spiritual man. And even if you look at your walk in life, your map of life, and you see that red dot on spiritual man, you listen to me today, none of us have arrived. We still are growing every day. I can say this, not in pride, but I'm not what God, I'm not what I always should be, but I can assure you this, I'm growing. And that's all God wants from us, growing. What does that mean? Living by the spirit, living by the spirit, learning by the spirit, No. What? Given to us by God. Verse number 12 God gave you, He freely has given you a spirit. He has freely given you wisdom. He is freely giving you what you need. Are you walking in the spirit today? Are you a spiritual Christian? Are you a natural man? Are you a carnal man? Or are you a spiritual man? Are you a natural woman? A carnal woman or a spiritual woman? You're one of three. And what do you need to do to move from where you are to closer to Christ? Would you bow in prayer with me today? Would you stand? Church, where are you at? I wanna ask you this question, number one, are you a natural man? If you're a natural man, then today, the decision you must make to move you closer to God is the decision to trust Jesus Christ as your savior. So many people say, I want heaven. Do you want heaven? Yes, heaven is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful part of salvation. But today, today, you receive the spirit of God. We don't just have to moan and groan until we can get to heaven so we can enjoy our salvation. You can enjoy it today because the spirit becomes inside of you, lives inside of you. gives you wisdom. You learn by him. You live by him. I wonder if there's one here today you would say this, I'm a natural man, but I want to go from a natural man to a spiritual man. Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The Bible tells us this, for there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every single person that is born into this world is born a natural man. But are you born again? Jesus said, you must be born again. What do you mean, be born again? Put, Go back to my mother's womb and be born again? He said, no, no, no. All of us are born naturally. I'm speaking of spiritual. I'm talking about being born of the Spirit. Spirit of God living inside of you. There's much confusion. Some think this, I trust Christ, and then I'm waiting to receive the Spirit. The Bible teaches us this, when you trust Christ as your Savior, that moment, that second, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. It's not something you have to wait for. He takes up residency in your life the moment you receive the free gift of salvation. Have you done that? Is there one here today that would say this, I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I need to trust Christ as my savior with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning and if you have done this then every single person that has done this should be fervently praying right now I, I pray that your heart and your mind is centered on one thing lord save the natural man today save the sinner i wonder if there's one here today wouldn't it be wonderful of hundreds of people right now heaven, heaven, heaven's throne room was being bombarded by hundreds of people saying, save souls today, save souls today. I want you to know if you are here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, that heaven is being bombarded right now on your behalf, that you would trust Christ. I wonder if there's one here today that has never trusted Christ. you trust him today. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to know who you are so I can pray with you today. My prayer won't save you. You have to make that choice. I can't make it for you. We can't make it for you. Will you repent and trust Christ? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved the gospel message is the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ receive that free gift of salvation, believe that he died his blood was shed and his blood was the payment for your sin debt he rose again conquering death conquering hell so that he can give you everlasting life would you receive that today? I wonder if there's one here today you would say, please pray for me. Please pray with me. I need to be saved today. I need to be born again. Would you raise your hand today? I just want to see it so I can pray with you. Is there one? You'd say, please pray for me today. I need to trust Christ. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. I want to pray with you. Is there one? Is there one? I see your hand. God bless you. bless you. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would work. That you would reveal truth. That you would show this dear lady truth that is from your word. I pray right now that your spirit would convict her Show her the need of salvation through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And I pray that you save her. Give her the courage to make that choice. I wonder if there's a lady right now that would say, I'll feed someone. I'll feed someone. I'll take a Bible and I'll feed someone right now this truth of Scripture. I wonder if there was a lady right now that would just simply say, Pastor, I'm ready to share someone the gospel. You would take a Bible and you'd help this lady right now see in God's word, help her receive Christ. I wonder if there's one that would help. Would you just, would you step out of your seat? Would you, Mike, Tony, would you just go in the back right here? Would you go back and see Mike and Mike or Paul Hamrecker? Somebody right now, go back and say, who is it that needs the gospel? Who is it that I can go to, can help this dear lady leave here today, a born again child of God? If one of you men would help church, are you carnal? Are you carnal divisions? What are you angry about? What are you upset about? What causes you anxiety? What are you frustrated about? Are you just dealing with the same old divisions, the same old problems, the same old things bothering you? You're not growing. You've lost your joy. You're just going through the motions. You said, I'm tired of being carnal. I want to go from feeding myself, being fed, to feeding myself, to feeding others. I want to be used of God. I want to grow. I'm tired of the things of this world keeping me back. I don't want messages that itchy ear. I want messages that stomp right toward my heart, that convict me, that grow me, that challenge me. Jesus Christ is coming. How many of you would say this today? I don't want to be a carnal Christian. I'm taking the step from carnal Christian to spiritual Christian. That's going to take courage. It's going to take courage. Because we think that everyone thinks we're spiritual. How many of you today with an uplifted hand toward heaven would say this? I don't want to be carnal anymore. I want to move from being carnal to being spiritual. Would you raise your hand? all over this room. Father, you see these hands. You know their hearts. Lord, it takes courage to raise our hand. We want to look good. We want others to see us in the life that we want to be seen. But Lord, you know our heart. You see the inward man. And so Father in heaven, I pray right now that your spirit, the same spirit that convicted us to show us the need of salvation, be the same spirit that lives inside of us, that's convicting us now, saying, you've got to grow. You've got to move. Enlist in the army. Find something to do that's going to better the kingdom, enlarge the kingdom of heaven.